All right, Alexander, let's talk about the upcoming meeting between Russian President Putin and Turkish leader Erdogan. Um, the foreign ministers have met, and the, the big topic is the grain deal. Obviously, Turkey wants Russia back in the grain deal. And Lavrov, uh, he made some interesting statements. He said that Russia will, will go back to the grain deal if the, the deal is, is adhered to. And it's not very difficult for the collective West to, to honor the, the, the agreement, to be quite honest. All the EU really has to do, or one of the big things that the EU has to do, is just turn on the SWIFT to one agricultural bank. Very, you know, two seconds, you know, press a, press a computer key, turn on the SWIFT, and there you go. Uh, but for, for nine, ten months, the EU has refused to do that, and that's been acknowledged um, by the United Nations, by everybody. They've acknowledged that the EU has simply not honored the, the grain deal. But um, you have the foreign ministers meeting. They're, 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 they're laying down the, the agenda for, for the two leaders to meet. And uh, the grain deal is, is the big topic, but there are reports that other uh, business is also going to be uh, agreed upon, talked about yeah. and agreed upon, including um, an energy, a gas energy uh, hub between Russia and Turkey. We're building up this gas energy hub. I mean, this, this is a fascinating story. This relationship between Putin and Erdogan is one of the most uh, uh, extraordinary relationships in international politics. I mean, I... I, I these two men end up always working with each other, even though they're constantly, you know, in disagreement. And Erdogan in particular um, is always trying in some way to demonstrate his independence of Putin and taking steps which will annoy, the, will annoy Putin and will annoy the Russians. And we had a big demonstration of that just after uh, Erdogan won the presidential election when, of course, he received uh, uh, Zelensky. He handed over to Zelensky the three Azov commanders. He said that he would agree to Sweden joining NATO after saying that he wouldn't. He uh, said that he supported Ukraine's entry into NATO. He said that, um, you know, he did deals to help Ukraine build up its military industrial complex. He did a whole series of decisions, one after the other. I mean, a whole series of statements, one after the other, which were clearly, to some extent, intended to annoy Putin. I mean, they had other purposes, also to win over friends in the West. But anyway, they also intended to annoy Putin, to demonstrate that, you know, Putin can't take Erdogan for granted. And then, of course, Erdogan, he can't afford to break with Putin. He's very heavily reliant on Putin. So he's then presses for Putin to come to Ankara to visit Turkey. And then the whole of August passes. Putin is not going to go to Ankara. He's not going to visit Turkey. For Erdogan, having some kind of relationship, some kind of business relationship with Putin is, is essential for the stability of Turkey's economy. So in the end, Erdogan has to go to Moscow. And as is always the way with Erdogan, it all ultimately comes down to hard bargaining and a big commercial 
deal. That is the iron rule of how things work with Erdogan. So Erdogan wants to get the grain deal up and running again. The original grain deal, which he, of course, brokered, and which, as you correctly said, has never been honoured. It's an interesting, by the way, how people never... Uh, you, you read all kinds of commentaries in the West. They never mention the fact that the Russian Agricultural Bank was supposed to be reconnected to SWIFT, and it never was. That's never happened. I don't think the Russians ever believe that it ever will. Lavrov has told uh, the Turks, look... Of course, we're prepared to enter back into the grain deal in the original form if the West fulfills its commitments. That's what Putin said when Russia refused to renew the grain deal back in, was it June? (laughs) The Russians have not changed their position, but they are prepared to cut Erdogan into the Russian trade in grain. And they're offering him apparently one million tonnes of grain which uh, Turkey can re-export and turn into flour. (laughs) And in other words, you know, the Russians are saying, look, you're not going to get your grain from the West of Ukraine anymore, but you can get the grain from us. We will cut you into this deal. We've been doing the same with the Egyptians, but we'll now also do it with you. You can act as the big re-exporter. And of course, importantly, with all this food that's coming into Turkey, that will help you reduce food prices in Turkey. Apparently, Erdogan is particularly keen to win the local elections in Istanbul next year. And, of course, he needs he needs lower food prices, especially for bread and other essentials in Istanbul, if he's going to have any chance of doing that. So that's that's the deal that the Russians are offering him. The Turks are coming back and saying, well, look, we like that and we're interested in it. But, of course, we still want the grain deal back in its original form. And the Russians will say, fine, let's go ahead. You go ahead. You talk to the Americans. You talk to the Europeans. You talk to the UN. See what you can do. But, of course, our position remains unchanged. If you can get all of these people to change their position, to connect the Russian agricultural back bank to SWIFT, to do all of those kind of things that they originally promised, well, then we will come back in. But up to that point, we're not going to. And in the meantime, why don't you do what we are offering? We will give you all this grain, a million tonnes, and you can re-export it, you can reduce your prices in Istanbul. You are, again, a pivotal player in the world food trade. And I think that's going to be the deal that will be done. (laughs) Yeah. What are the chances that uh, Putin, when he meets with Erdogan, will re-enter the grain deal without having the agricultural bank reconnected to SWIFT? It's not entirely impossible. I mean, Putin does do this sometimes to, by the way, the exasperation of many, many people in Russia. So he might do it. I mean, it's conceivable if he feels that there's something, some political benefit to be gained from it. And this isn't going to be Turkey. It's not because Erdogan is pressing him to do that. It's because there are other other, um, food consumers around the world, first and foremost China, which 
have made it clear that they do want the Grain Deal eventually re-established. And I think Putin might fear, feel that ultimately he has to keep these people on side. He can't risk antagonising these people. And for that reason, he's going to have to grind his teeth and go back in. But I have to say, I think that is unlikely. And I think Lavrov's comments make it even less likely, because it seems to me that the Russians are sticking to their position. And because they've had another bumper harvest this year, I think they feel that they're on pretty strong ground. What are the chances that the EU actually connects the Agricultural Bank to SWIFT? I mean, it's such an easy, such a simple, easy thing to do, and they refuse to do it. Uh, what are the chances it, 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 that they just, they say, you know, we're going to have to do it, so what can we do? It's incredible that they have not done it, and apparently the reason they haven't done it is because of pressure from the United States. It seems that the Biden administration wasn't happy with the original grain deal. There was a lot of criticism of the UN Secretary General Guterres for the role he played in getting it up and running in the form that it did. And apparently the US has also um, been critical of the, U of the EU for agreeing to do that. So, as always happens, the EU takes its orders on these kind of issues from Washington, and so far they've shown no willingness to shift. I don't think that's going to change. I don't think the United States is going to change its position. I don't think it's affected by food inflation to the same extent. If food inflation does take off in the United States in the run-up to the to the election, and if the Biden administration calculates that getting the re grain deal reopened is the way to try to reduce food inflation and bring down prices in the United States and shore up its political support in the United States, then just possibly it will reconsider. But that's not the situation today. Yeah, there's also the, the aspect of, of the grain deal, the corridor being used to to launch attacks towards towards Crimea. Well, absolutely. So, I mean, how do you, if, if how do you deal with that? Government, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah. How do you deal with that? Well, again, I, I, I mean, I, these are technical things. I mean, I suspect the Russians will insist upon their rights to search uh, Ukrainian grain ships and things of that kind and to patrol this corridor. I mean, uh, that probably can be negotiated. But other, uh, other elements of this might be very difficult. And of course, they can be negotiated, but it doesn't always follow that Ukraine will agree. But then, you know, that might shift, that might shift the problem back to Ukraine. In other words, if the Ukrainians won't agree to have their ships searched and the maritime co corridors patrolled by Russian ships, then, of course, the Russians will be able to say, well, look, the grain deal isn't working because Ukraine is being so intransigent. It isn't our fault. It's the fault of the Ukrainians at the end of the day. And that might you know, help the Russians explain their position to the African states, to the Chinese, to other countries. The big one, I think the really problematic one, is getting this bank reconnected to SWIFT. It hasn't happened. As I said, nobody in the West wants to acknowledge the fact that that was part of the original deal. And of course, it hasn't happened and it doesn't look as if it ever will. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, Putin hasn't met with Erdogan, uh, I think, since the, the stab in the back release of the Azov uh, guys. Um, so this is going to be the first 
meeting that they're going to have face-to-face. I remember when uh, Turkey shot down the Russian fighter jet. And uh, eventually, Putin did meet with Erdogan. And uh, he kept Erdogan waiting. Something like three, four hours in a room with, uh, with a statue of, of, of Catherine the, the, the Great and, uh, and uh, signified the, the, the defeat of the, of the Turkish military. And he kept Erdogan waiting and waiting. And I mean, it was Putin's way of, of you know, telling, showing Erdogan his place in the, in the pecking order of, uh, of, uh, of geopolitics. Uh, what do you expect is going to happen this time around? Do you, do you think that Putin's going to, to tell Erdogan again, you know, look, uh, you stabbed me in the back? With this Azov agreement, I thought we had a deal, and you broke that deal. Uh, do you think he's going to to do something like he did last time with the fighter jet? Maybe keep Erdogan waiting in a room somewhere for three, four hours so he can make his point? I mean, what do you expect to happen outside of the grade deal? Uh, focus in on, on the, the relationship of, of yeah, I mean, uh, to, to men and how Putin always seems to... To forgive Erdogan, but not before he, he he makes his point clear to Erdogan, don't don't cross me again, or else. I mean, well, what do you see happening? Well, bear in mind that Putin has kept Erdogan twisting in the wind for weeks. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was supposed to be a meeting in August. It didn't happen. Erdogan was very keen for Putin to come to Turkey. It, it's not happened either. So already, in a sense, Putin has made his point. It's Erdogan, who has to go to meet Putin. I believe the meeting will happen in Sochi, by the way, not in Moscow. But um, Erdogan will have to come to Russia. He will have to meet Putin on home territory. Um, It's quite clear that Putin has already taken steps of the sort that you described to make it very clear to Erdogan that ultimately he's the one in the stronger position. Now, I think Putin is very skilled at these sort of games. He's already made his point. He's already, I'm sure, communicated to Erdogan in all kinds of ways that he is very, very unimpressed, to put it mildly, about Erdogan's decision to return the Azov commanders to Ukraine. And I think that was, by the way, for the Russians, the really, really thing that really angered, angered them. But I think Putin will now move forward, as he generally does, and he'll go into practical steps and he'll bargain with Erdogan. So there'll be all those discussions about grain that we've talked about. But there'll be other discussions too. There'll be discussions about energy. And that's a big issue, a very big issue for Turkey because um, Erdogan is now becoming worried that the Russians have been gradually moving away from making Turkey into the big gas hub that Erdogan wants it to be. They've been talking to the Turks, sorry, to the Egyptians. They've been talking to the Iranians. So he want the Russians to recommit to that. He might want the Russians to move forward with another nuclear power station. All of those things. The, the other thing that I think Putin will be looking for and he's going to press Erdogan about this, is about getting more Turkish banks to accept the Mirkad. Now, this has been a complex story because Turkish banks originally said they were going to accept the Mirkad, then they were threatened with sanctions, then they pulled out, then all kinds of sort of complicated routes out were agreed. So you can actually use, apparently, the Mirkad 
in Turkey, but it's not straightforward. You have to go to specific venues and particular ATMs. Putin will want this unrolled further. And he'll start to try, I think, to tell Erdogan, look, we've got all this commercial relationship, all this business relationship. We're working quite well. We've got Armenia and the Caucasus to talk about. Big issue. That's going to be an important discussion because lots of problems there. Central Asia as well. But ultimately, look, we've had this big meeting in Johannesburg. The BRICS have happened. We're setting up a global trade system. We're setting up a financial system as well. Ultimately, why don't you join and become a part of that? Or at least take steps towards doing so. Because that will facilitate our mutual trade which is what you need. Now, Erdogan is unlikely to agree to all of this in this meeting because, well, he doesn't want to compromise his position as he's trying to get an IMF loan sorted out. But ultimately, I suspect that that's going to be a topic that's going to be broached over the course of these discussions. And Erdogan will probably go away from Sochi and will start thinking and asking himself whether this is indeed what perhaps in the end he's going to have to do. All right, we will leave it there at the Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter. Go to the Duran shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.